You are now listening to the All Right Talk Show with me, your host, Shane Trainer. Get insider knowledge as we explore the world of business, travel, property, investing, healthy mindsets, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We have on the show today a guy that I've been keeping an eye on for a while. His content is absolutely brilliant. Uh, his plan is to go from the minimum wage to financially independent in three years and to own a yacht outright along the way. I would like to introduce to you my very special guest, Mr. Perry Wilson from Stupid is the Norm. Perry, how are you? I'm fantastic, Shane. Thank you very much for inviting me on your show. Yeah, no problem. I've been. Um, as soon as I've seen your, your uh, content on YouTube and actually saw you through uh, the famous Mike Winnett, actually, um, I just had to get hold of you and um, just, I just thought you were brilliant. And that, you know, how uh, your, like, your motto, you don't have to be like financially. You don't, you, you don't need to be financially sophisticated at all to, that's to, right, to become yeah. wealthy. That, that's absolutely right. First of all, you, you, you kindly said, um, mentioned you'd, you'd met, seen me on the Mike Winnett show. Um, I need a big shout out to Mike. Um, Mm. who's been a, a marvellous help to me. I spent two years, two and a half years, like a voice in the wilderness, making videos, which very few people watching, and then almost an overnight success when, when I appeared on the Mike Winnett podcast. But yeah, my, my message is, and, and the reason that I, I, I started my own YouTube channel was to prove to people that anybody can become wealthy. And I genuinely believe that with one caveat, I think you have to be able to work and there are a very unfortunate, tragic people who, through um, disability, mental or physically, um, will find it very difficult to do that. Although, that said, there are, there are lots of more possibilities on the internet for making money from home, from a sedentary position than, than there used to be. But uh, those unfortunate people aside, I, I truly believe that anyone, anyone can become wealthy, providing they're able to work for it. Um, and I think yeah. that's probably the difference in, between the wealthy and the non-wealthy we, they, they take action and they do they behave in very different ways to to the way i used to believe i, I used to work i i you know I was, I was 59 when i started 57 when i started my journey working behind a bar minimum wage ten thousand pounds the credit card debt no money in the bank essentially just normal bloke because that's how most people are live their life hand to mouth and and i just changed i changed the way i behaved in a very short time and it, it changed my life massively and and so I, I'm two and a half years into the project. Um, I, I've bought my first property. I'm buying, in the process of buying my second property. And when I buy my third property in July next year, I will then become financially independent. So, independent. so I've gone from pretty much insolvent to being financially independent where, where the, the income from my um, investments will cover the cost of my, my living expenses, if you wish. And I've done it in three years. And, and, I, and get back to what I said, what I started to say was that the reason I documented this because A, I wanted to prove that it could be done. And B, I wanted to leave some sort of route so that if anyone else wanted to do it, then they could just copy what I did. You didn't have to pay lots of money to a financial guru, you know, thousands of pounds selling courses. You see them on the internet. You just, just watch my videos and do what I did and you, and you too will replicate what I did. 
Yeah, and I think that's that's brilliant. That's that's amazing, and that's what kind of drew me to kind of. I, I wanted to get you on the show. I want people to see you from far away to to to, to show that it's it's possible. Like you don't need um, you don't need to be like smart to be a millionaire or anything. Like you just have to have just basic knowledge. Uh, pick up a book. Um, learn from people like yourself, as you said. Don't need to pay thousands of pounds for all these get rich quick courses because they're a load of bollocks. Um, and you know, as long if, as you, I mean, you're right, yeah. you're absolutely right. If it was a prerequisite, if a prerequisite to becoming wealthy was you had to be clever or intelligent, mm. then those cleverest amongst us would be the wealthiest. So yeah. you know, you go to a, a university uh, where the you know the, the, the marvelous seats of learning we have in this country where they're most intelligent people in the world, not just the students, but the professors. And you'd expect to see the car parks full of supercars because they're making loads of money. But, but that's not the case. So you don't have to be clever. You just have to do some pretty simple things in order to become wealthy. And I think, I think, it, I think sometimes people look at the wealthy and think, you know, how I can't, it's almost self-defeating. I can never achieve what they achieve. So what's the point in trying? Mm. And again, that's the reason I started my, my YouTube was just saying, oh, you, you just got to do something very different. When I did, I, I was an absolute nut job. And, and can I say, the reason that I've taken such a Spartan attitude to the whole thing, that is to say, I work extremely hard in terms of hours. I do a very normal job. You know, I, I'm not a consultant. I think I'm just a bloody cab driver. Mm. But I do work around about six, between 60 and 75 hours a week. So effectively two full-time jobs. And the reason that I have to do this because I was stupid for most of my life and that I did the normal things that everybody does. You know, you, you, your holiday, you, you get your two weeks holiday a year, you take work Monday to Friday, get Saturdays and Sundays off. Uh, you buy, you get yourself a bigger car than you afford, you buy yourself a bigger house than you need, you buy branded clothes. Uh, and if you can't afford them, you buy them on credit cards and and that's how I ended up in so much debt at the time. And, and, but that's just been normal. Everybody does that. But, and, but that's what keeps you from being wealthy because the wealthy don't do that. The wealthy do something very special. They don't behave like we do. And I, when I realized that all I had to do was change my behavior, then my life changed. Mm -hmm. and, and, but there are some sacrifices, of course, and most yeah. people are willing to pay other sacrifices. I think, yeah, the sacrifices that needed to be made, um, you know, for people that want to get rich early on, they, they, they need to sacrifice a portion of their time, let's say 10, 15 years or a little bit longer to have then when they do go to retire uh, at 50, um, as opposed to retiring at 60, and then they could be wealthy then, whereas they're just, it's, it's that whole instant gratification, isn't it? And they want to have it now. And we're a part of that. We want it now society. It has to and, be. And also the, we, 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 you know, as, as human beings, we're herd animals. We like to, very few of us like to be hermits and separate ourselves from the herd. Most of us like to be liked and most of us will therefore fit in and do what our peers do because, well, if you're different from the herd, you get ostracized and they'll point at you and say, look at him, he thinks he's better than we are and he's not being like us. And that's part of the sacrifice that you, you have to be different from the herd. Uh, you know, if you want to achieve something remarkable, then you've got to do something remarkable and you can't be like every other people because if you're like everybody else, then you'll get what everybody else has gotten. Um, and, and that's the reality of it. So it is very much a trade off, as you say, uh, you, you can, you can, uh, you can don't, don't consume when you're young uh, and invest as much as you can when you're young so that when you're older, you can consume massively then, if that's what you choose to do, by the way, if, if, consum if consumption is, is your wish. So, if, so I'm, 
if I had done one of the, the biggest regret I had because I now I know how to do it and now it's working and I'm recording how I'm doing it. If I had done it when I was 20, I would retire at 30. Or I didn't when I was 30, I retired at 40. But I'd spent so much of my life just waiting for the, the universe to recognize my genius and say, here you are, Perry, there's your money. You can, you know, you've, you've deserved it. You've got this far. And <laughs> by God, there's your job. Without working for it. And the reality is that's not how it works. And you've got it. You've got to sacrifice on it. So you're sacrificing your consumption now for consumption later, or you invest time now so you've got more free time later. But there's a cost. There is a cost. And if somebody, if somebody says, like these gurus do, you know, um, for five minutes a day on your computer, selling bits on eBay or trading, whatever, you know, run a mile. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's, ne it's never been proven to work. Talk to anybody who's wealthy. You know, you're watching them. Um, what's his name? Peter. Um, is it Peter? Peter Jones on, on Dragon's Den. Yes. Yep. And he says, you know, with all the companies and he's an extremely wealthy man, he says, I have to get two weeks away by myself in, in a shed somewhere. It's a nice shed, by the way. It's probably in the Maldives <laughs> or somewhere. But because my life is so stressful that, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to live. And, and, and people, but people imagine Peter Jones's life is, you know, driving, somebody's driving around in big cars and he doesn't do an awful lot and the money is just attracted to him. No, he's working even at his age now. He's constantly, Elon Musk sleeps on his floor yep. in the office and he's one of the richest men in the world. Doesn't go home. Doesn't have time to go home. There's a price to be paid. Absolutely. And you know what? There was another rich guy. I can't remember his name, but he was a Japanese businessman and one of the wealthiest men in Japan. And I read that, um, you know, because of he's not extravagant, he, he gets the train to work like everyone else. And he just, you know, he yeah. goes into the office with everyone, catches the, the elevator with everyone to his office floor. And, he, you know, he's a CEO of this big corporation. Can't remember the name of the guy now, but again, just to show the wealthiest, you know, they don't live like how people think wealthy people live, you know, not extravagant. Well, no, because when we're, you know, when we, we have no money, we like to look wealthy. We like to look successful. Mm. So we'll buy ourselves the trappings of wealth. You know, we'll get a nice German car and we'll get some branded clothes and we'll strut around and, and to all intents and purposes, to our friends. We look wealthy, but the reality is we're not. But when you have wealth, there's no need to display it because you have nobody to impress. You do, but you, that's why the guy travels the world, doesn't need to get a good big car to drive him in there so people look at him and say oh look at him and pass that once once you've got the financial independence and once you've got the money it's no longer about showing off it's about enjoying it and relaxing and that's what the financial independence brings to you it's it's the, the no worries your problems i'd say we all go through life with problems but you know you have you don't have any financial problems it's, as he doesn't um and so he has no reason to be ostentatious and say and peacock it around and say, look at me, I'm this guy. There's a need to. He's, he doesn't have that ego anymore. He doesn't need it. Absolutely. And the ego definitely plays a, a big part of it, doesn't it? Um, a lot of people um, that I've certainly seen ar around myself before will, will get paid and they'll have nothing to show for it, but like the clothes they're wearing on their body. And no, no one actually cares. Like, oh, is that a Ralph Lauren polo? Oh, that's nice. And that'll be it. That's it. And they've, they've paid, what, 80 quid for a T-shirt just to have that instant gratification. Like, I don't think it's, it's so pointless. There was, one, there was one time, again, I've been stupid in the past. I'd, um, I'd started a business and I thought, well, you know, if I'm a businessman, I should look like I'm successful. So I remember I got, I forget the actual numbers now, but I bought a three series BMW. Um, 
which are which are, uh, uh, I traded in about two months later because I could only get one set of golf clubs in the back, so I needed something bigger, you know. So I got a five series BMW, and I think the the the, the finances work something like this. I think it was about three hundred quid a, a month for the for the finance. I think the, the the freaking insurance was about two hundred quid a month. Um, the fuel was about hundred quid a week in it, but um, and I reckon that if I if I had taken the money out of out of I spent on that car and invested it. I think I did the sums. I would have had three hundred and sixty thousand pounds when I retired. You know, and I just think, tell myself that if it had been in the car showroom, and instead of having fifteen thousand pounds, which is what what it said on the windscreen, it had three hundred and sixty thousand pounds. I'd have run a mile. There's no way that car worth three hundred and sixty thousand. But that's effectively what it lost me if I continued buying, spending yeah. my money, and wasting my money in those ways by. You know, buying stupid things that I couldn't afford just to impress people I didn't even like. So you know, they yeah. don't do that anymore. So I'll just touch on. Um, so as you said, you're coming up to your three-year mark now. So and then yeah. I've been watching your content, and it's uh, you've been saying that you've been looking into franchises. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that's going to go? You don't have to disclose what franchise, but um, well, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I won't do it just yet, but I will do a video when I do because one mm. of the things are. I want to do is to when I take the franchise on is to record my progress in that too, so that anybody else can copy that. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, I'm going to look an ass. But I've spent most of my life looking an ass, so you know, a few <laughs> more months will make a difference. Um, but I, I did it for two reasons. There are there are three asset classes that that will deliver you an income and grow in value, and they are stocks and shares, providing their dividend stocks and shares, um, property. And business, a successful business, you can, they will grow in value, and you can still get a wage out of it. So I was, I'm investing in shares. I invest mainly in property, and I thought that we, we could, I could do, run a business alongside the cabbie business. So it's not to replace the cabbie business. The cabbie business, I save nine hundred pounds a month mm. and look to invest nine hundred pounds a month from the cabbie business. So I'm not going to walk away from nine hundred pounds a month. So I've got to run that now. The, the, it's in the, the the franchise is in the. Um, hospitality business so it's principally weekend work it's probably going to be um, seasonal as well so it's it's probably going to run from march to september maybe it's a little more and bleed into the, the, the earlier and later months but it's something i can do the weekend um that i can run alongside it and i'm doing that with a friend of mine my best friend um and i are going to do that um and, and what i have learned is lots of this Become wealthy is about partnerships as well to getting in skills that you don't know. So I, I, that I don't have. So my YouTube channel, uh, I've got a business partner there, Will, who's very techie, designs websites. So I shoot the videos, do the content. He glues it all together and puts it on YouTube and all that stuff. Um, I'm buying a, my second property. I'm buying right now. That's again with a friend of mine. He's very hands-on. He's um, he, he installs commercial kitchens into schools and restaurants and things so he's like plumbing and electrics and all that stuff which i'm crap at um so that so we, we're buying a property together which we're going to refurb so i can help with the finance and the the um the legals aside and he can do all the, the hands-on stuff so that's a that's a great partnership there skills and same with the, the, the franchise um in fact i can do with the same guy i'm buying the second property with my best friend so he has time at weekends so we can do something this and, and all of these so i'll have three income streams which is the the, um, the stocks and shares, which I don't class as an income stream, it's more my um, emergency fund. Yeah. The property definitely will be a huge income stream, and and the um, 
the business on the side. So if you wish, I'm diversifying the three, the three asset classes, which we can make me wealthy. Now there's, again, there's, there's going to be some time element there. So I do work weekends. I work seven days a week as a cabbie. I take two days off a year, Christmas day and boxing day. So I might have to sacrifice those weekend cabbies works for the, for the franchise, but I'll only do that if the money I get from the franchise is greater from the hours, the money I would have made had I been carrying. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. But you know, at least you're going to, you're going to give it a go. And if it works off, you're then great. And it will be great to, to see that and to see someone. Well, look, you know, it, you're dead right there to give it a go. And most people don't give it a go because they're frightened of failing. Well, I forget the statistics now, but I think it's four to five businesses will go bust in the first three years of trading. So, Based upon those statistics, I will fail. Almost definitely fail to four, four to five, eight, eight to twenty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fail here. Yeah. So, but that's not an excuse. That's not a reason to not try, which is what people use as an excuse. You just have to go into business knowing that you're probably gonna fail. So, if you do fail, don't beat yourself up about it because it was, a, it was the odds were stacked against you anyway. But on the times that you do win, you win big. And the beauty of buying a franchise. Is, is your, it's a working model. You can look at the model that's working right now and all you have to do is replicate what the business owner is doing right now and you should have the success where you are. So it's a much safer model than setting a business from scratch where you're taking a chance and saying, well, I've got a bit of an idea. I've got a feeling that this should work. In a franchise, you look at a, an already successful model and all you're doing is just taking it from this place to that place and it should replicate all things being equal so yeah well yes the odds are stacked against me but um by buying a franchise i'm i'm kind of making them more even stevens in the middle i think so as well because i've looked myself into possibly diversifying into franchises you know in probably the next 10 years or so because it, again it's a, another income stream um and i've looked at and i've, I've i myself looked at the hospitality just to, because i thought well how much is it how do you do it and like for, i think i looked at subway and i think it was like an initial investment i, c- I could be wrong here it's one of the franchises of about 25 grand to get started 25 or yeah. 50k to get started and yeah, you get all the training provided and then obviously they'll give you a location and then you have to set you that you're the owner of that then and then you get the yearly income from that and obviously some of the early income goes to the the corporate head corporate office and whatever um but it was just really interesting to find out that anyone can do it you know at franchise opportunities and it, it is it was, a safe it was, bet, it was mcdonald's it? oh yeah it was mcdonald's model mcdonald's model was that it cost them nothing to open a new shop somewhere else imagine where you have a model and and you can open up an endless amount of stores across the world and mm. it costs you absolutely nothing which is how the, how they become a franchise they get yes. the franchisee to pay for all the building costs or, or the rental costs, or the installation of all the machines. The franchisee picks up all that. So my franchise model is um, there's essentially very little um, large capital outlay for it in terms of buying kits equipment. Yeah. Um, and we don't. We we need some storage space. But my best mate already, as I said, uh, installs kitchens. So he's got some industrial units where we'll just use that. So again, it reduces the risk element to us. So it just suited us fine. We had we could both work weekends. We didn't. We had, he's got loads of trucks that carry big stuff around. So we didn't need to buy any um, any extra vehicles. We didn't need to buy stores. So to us, it was it was it was it was a good idea. But who knows? Time will tell, and, and I'll record it and, and we'll see how it goes. Definitely, and I'll, I'll look forward to personally seeing that myself. Uh, cool. So yeah, I wanted to talk to. You. Uh, I watched your video about three books not to buy, and I was I have. 
think I have read all three. I've definitely read two of them. And one of them was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And one of them was Think and Grow Rich. Now, that, the one that you said about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think would be controversial to a lot of people. But I, I, I think you, you could be right in terms of the, the story. Because you're claiming that, obviously, the this, this story is completely made up, right? But a lot of people yeah, will say it, the story is made up. In fact, up. In, in Richard and um, Robert yep. Kiyosaki's, Kiyosaki's later books, there's a disclaimer in there now yeah. that says that um, the, 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 the people in this were fictional and made up to, to demonstrate a, some financial philosophy, which I had. He, does, he says that and it's actually written in there, but he still goes around telling people, ah, yeah. my rich dad told me this and my poor dad, da, da, da. And I keep, I keep shouting at the screen, no, Richard, you've already admitted they didn't exist. Right? Stop saying it. It's not working. It's not true. But he, but he does do it. I mean, I, what the biggest, I have a number of issues with Robert Kiyosaki. Um, first of all, yes, he made them up. And how, how he got found out was because some um, reporter thought, it would be a great idea because it, it's, it's a great backstory. You know, I've got this rich dad and poor dad. By the way, his poor dad was his actual dad. Right, so I mean, yeah. the, the guy brought Robert up when he had nothing. And fed him slate, clothes slate and, in his own dad. He was a pillar of the community. He was an he was a, a lecturer in college, and he retired on his pen, full pension and everything. You know, but yeah, yeah, poor dad. He's a work, Robert. Um, but but there's but there's rich dad. So anyway, a, a reporter thought, well, it's a, but it's a great story. Why don't we go and interview the rich dad, and we'll we'll say, you know, do you remember Robert? And the, the, are you aware of the impact you had on his life? You know. And, and, he's, and Robert says some things in the book, he gives some clues to what the business was and, and where, where it was. And so we thought it shouldn't be too hard to track the guy down. Anyway, they looked and had a good look for him, couldn't find him. And then they go back to Robert, well, Robert can't find this guy. And after being really persistent and chasing Robert down as to why, you know, where's this guy? He says, yeah, well, I made it up. You know, it just it doesn't matter. It's just an allegorical tale, which is fine. But if it said that right at the beginning, say, look, I've made these characters up because... Um, I've got an ebook, and I've, there's three characters in there: Mr. Gotnout, Mr. Ambridge, and Mr. Luxrich. A completely fabricated character. I said, oh, "Don't pretend they're real people." But Robert did yeah. that. So you think, "Well, hang on. Why your whole premise is built on a lie, and it's only a small thing?" But why want to tell the truth right from the very beginning? And then he said some stuff which I, I just disagree with. Which your house is a liability because if you lose your job, you've got to pay a mortgage. Well, well, yeah, but if you if you're, if you're just renting and you lose your job, you lose the house anyway because you're going to pay your rent. I don't see the difference. But your house has a value. It's an asset. It has a value. Um, it might cost you to repay the mortgage, but any balance sheet, the house will be in the asset column and the mortgage is in the liability column. It's the mortgage that sucks. Nobody likes paying the bloody mortgage. In fact, that's what we call it, the bloody mortgage. But it's the house is an asset, whichever you, every way you look at it. So I've already got that wrong as well. Yeah. And um. And so I've mean, watched his recent stuff. He's now good at some conspiracy theory where he talks about them as they don't want you to reach you. They don't want you to know the stuff. I'm telling you this because they don't want you to work. He never explains who they are. There's another, that's another fabricated bunch of people. Yeah, I do watch his channel. Um, to tell stuff. Just, just bits when he gets guests on when they talk about gold and things like that. But, you know, I just, just to get, I just watch bits and pieces. But um, it's kind of like because he's, because people like that have kind of lied in the past, I just I take some of the things with a, a pinch of salt. Pinch of salt, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and people say to me, you know, it's, oh, he's had a great impact, like Think and Grow Rich. I've got close friends. And it was one of the first books I read. Mm. Um, and you think Think and Grow Rich and, and Robert Kiyosaki, it's, it's great when you hear it for the first time, when you hear that message that a positive attitude will help you. And it's the first time you've heard it, you think, light bulb, great, what a fabulous book. But 
it's not that he wasn't the first to say that. He was just, it was just the first time you read it. Yeah. And so to you, it's brand new knowledge, but it's, there's nothing in, in, in Kiyosaki's book and, and in Napoleon the Stinking Grudge that's any original stuff. It's just stuff that's been said for years and years and years, hundreds of years before that. That's how, how people become wealthy hundreds of years before these guys that did the same techniques. But if it's the first time you've heard it, to you, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's gold, you know. It's, it's, these guys are fantastic and they're heroes, but there's, there's nothing original in anything. And by the way, no, I say nothing original. Yeah. I, I'm not here saying that I have no. all the answers. Well, I have a lot of answers, but it's, it's the old Newton thing because I, if I seem to see further than other people, it's because I ride on the shoulders of giants. It's just because I, I'm learning from the people of the past. You go the old, back to Babylonian times and they tell you how to get wealthy. Just we seem to think it doesn't work now, but the same principles that worked back then work now, and I'm, and which is, I'm, I'm proof of the pudding, it does work. Yeah, speaking of Babylonian times, that's one of the books that you did recommend to buy, which was my first book on wealth, actually, was uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, which is a fantastic great book. book. Yeah, just the principle. It's a great there. book in, in that it tells, we all like stories, you know, we are, our, our species grew up on stories. Uh, you know, cavemen were painting walls and things, and we, we, there's something about stories that we love, and, um, and Jesus spoke in parables to get his message across, and as did other, you know, the Buddha and the people, we just love stories, and, and the, the richest man in Babylon tells a story of a chariot, chariot, uh, chariot maker. Uh, and he applies the principles which a lot of other gurus say, you know, save 10% of your salary, make sure you invest for your long-term basic principles, which when taken to heart and put into action, not just read and think, oh, that, great, that book's great, that, yeah, I've really enjoyed that book, I've really learned something there, and then do nothing. You've got to do things. You know, all the positive, going back to Napoleon, you know, all the positive thinking in the world won't mean anything unless you take positive action it's like you know now the the, the sort of um the, the thing that people talk about now a, little, a lot of people talk about now is the law of attraction i've seen some massive gurus tony robbins just courses on the law of attraction this sort of thing. and um they're all they're all disposed of predisposed on on human um laziness and that we write these books in the hope that you don't have to bloody work for it and all you've got to do is think about it and It'd be positive and concentrate on the law of attraction will then just manifest itself into yeah into physical reality and yeah. without doing any work whatsoever and you can see why they're popular you know why i mean if napoleon hill called his book you know work and grow rich you wouldn't have sold so many but think and grow rich well i don't think i can become rich no yeah, you've got to put some that. action in as well that's the difference yeah that's that's true i remember you said that in your video and it just it made me giggle it's just because you're right it's it's kind of one of those um i think i've, I've re i actually read something similar in Robert Kiyosaki's book it was like what they don't teach you in school and that was like a controversial thing to say on a book you know mm -hmm. and um if he rewrote anything like boring like he said he sells he wouldn't be like the number one bestseller or whatever so it's all these like magic words that get people to buy yeah. them I mean the real genius in, in that relationship by the way is his wife she's a switched on cookie she's the one that buys all the properties yeah. watch her stuff she's quite clever yeah what's Kim Kim Kiyosaki, is it? Yeah. Exactly. I forget that. Yeah. But yeah, she is, she is very good. I think, I think she was the brains behind the whole thing. And I, I don't know this for sure, but I, I would imagine that he's, cha he's changed tack very much and gone to this conspiracy thing. Yeah, what, what they don't want you to know, what they don't teach you in school, and they don't want you to know this. I, it wouldn't surprise me if she was the brains behind that little shift as well, because she's a smart <laughs> cookie. Yeah, you never know. You never know with these things. So what do you think of, um, what is your thoughts on, people that like want to get rich quick then and you know all these like pyramid schemes have, have you have you heard of of all these and and what do you think of the people 
that are trying to promote them and do you think this should be like tougher like, laws? I can't them? I can't I can't think bad of them because I did it. I, I've mm. done all sorts of and think of the stupid things I've done. Um, yes, I d- I've gone to multi level marketing, mm. um, selling skinny powder. You know, you take this powder and make it skinny. And yep. then you go and you go around the country. I went to the country and stood on some big stages because I, I believed it. And, um, well, half wanted to believe it. I suspect that's what it is. I think I wanted to believe it. Um, but when you go to the audience and you get the same. <laughs> I go to Manchester, I, I go to a meeting, and then I go to London and go to a meeting, and the same fat people are standing up in the audience saying, yes, I lost 30 pounds on this stuff. Uh, wait a minute, <laughs> you were in Manchester, and you've lost no weight since the last time I saw you, fat nagger. <laughs> yes, it doesn't. But then you think, oh, God, I bought, and I borrowed money to get out of that scheme, you know, borrowed money off my dad, and uh, bless me, he died this year. Um, sorry, oh, dad. Sorry to hear uh, that. I borrowed money off him, and you think, oh, and just because you want, you're so desperate to get it to, for it to work and you want it to work and you and you only want the best for your family let's let's be honest and, and best and best for yourself as well and if somebody can say look i'm making seven thousand pounds a month which was a huge sum of money business it's a nice sum of money now but back in i don't know 20 years ago it was a massive incredible sum of money for somebody to make um and just copy me and and, and, you, and you can do it and there's really no work and da 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 and you want to believe it, so you do believe it, and it's um, it's a, it's a great shame. So um, I can just all I can say to those people is um, save your money, invest your money. If you look at the thousands of pounds it takes you to get to some of the to get a, a decent level on some of these multi-level markets, marketing scams, dare I call them that, then you could just save that money and just stick it into a Vanguard tracker and make you more money. Yeah, uh, more likely to make more money than than the next get rich quick scheme, which God knows I've invested enough time in myself. Yeah, I I, um, I was close myself once to invest in 6K into this, like, it's called a Kangen water machine or some, some bullshit. And oh, it was yeah. like, supposed to be like this miracle water where you put you put the filter system in your, in your sink or something and it comes out with this water that's supposed to be really good for your insides and you know i got convinced <laughs> <laughs> i know it's funny when you're laughing now and you see it and you think no it's just freaking water mate <laughs> i know it tastes just but, like water <laughs> yeah that's funny that. yeah no, coca-cola didn't they coca-cola sold their own water they were just taking it from the taps in kent and they bottled it and then they, they lost a lot of um a lot of uh, um capital if you were not capital well money wise could invest a lot of well a lot of goodwill when coca-cola the same was just tap water and then Jeez, yeah, I bet their share price. Laughing, we're laughing about it now. And think, Why yeah. did I believe that? Yeah, but luckily, just the gut. I nearly, so I nearly, and then they were convincing me, like, this is how bad they are. They were convincing me to, like, get credit cards out. So I went to try and get the first credit card, and I could get, like, only 3K on it. And then they were like, we'll get another one out with another 3K. So they're trying to get me to get two credit cards out. And I haven't, at this point before, I hadn't had, this was in 2017, mid 2017. And I had never had a credit card in my life. And there was me applying for credit cards. And then like before I got the first one and I was like, I don't know, something like my gut was like, what are you doing? So I backed out, I blocked everyone to do with this uh, MLM thing. I I did pay 90 pounds for, for the training, which was again, just an introductory bullshit fee. Um, but I, I can't I cut the credit card up straight away. As soon as it arrived in the post, I think I avoided something disastrous yeah. there and uh i tell you something else i did as well which is um which i kind of beat myself up about is there was a i met a guy i was on holiday one time um a solicitor friend of mine had a, one of these half a million pound yachts and he was 
he wasn't on it for the weekend. He says, Perry, do you want to use this yacht? It's free of charge, it's more to help yourself, mate. I said, oh, great. So I took the wife and found this yacht in um, Portugal. Met a guy there and he owned a golf company. He got me very interested in, um, in the golf, golf business because I love playing golf. Mm. I did love playing golf. I can't afford it at the time anymore. But, um, and he said, well, fancy come to business. So, because I was more of, I'm a bit of a sales guy. So um, I went to his office in Scotland. So I visited Scotland. So they had an office with three people working in Scotland. So I spent a couple of days there and phones were ringing and taking the golf holiday business. Mm. Um, and I went to, I saw, I saw this guy on his, on his yacht, his sailing yacht. And I went to his house in um, Spain as well, a villa in Spain. Um, so I did all the research I did and said, yeah, okay. And I'll put 40 grand into it. Um, to, to this business and, and and we were also and then we got the um the princess trust um the first princess trust corporate golf challenge which we we ran so i put the money in looked like a great idea done all my research and then two months later i went to insolvency <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? No. What, what, what what happened there you know just disappeared yeah. you know, never, never see the guy again saw the yacht disappear off the face of the earth so i mean so you can't do all the due diligence and sometimes you just get a kick in the stones you know yeah at least you did your part though you know you know you covered yourself well yeah as you said you did all the due diligence that you possibly thought you could have so at least you didn't just run into it you know but that's just a shame that that happened but 40k imagine if that was in your stocks and shares also right now oh god can you imagine (laughs) what i did i remorged the house so it wasn't even all mine, it was half of it was the wife. So oh, Jesus. Um, she, she doesn't let me forget that, by the way. Yeah, no, I bet not. But So what does your, your wife think of, um, and your friends and family um, think of your your goal and what, you know, you, you want your, your yacht um, in the next, would it be seven years time? Is that when you, you'll plan to have that yacht? Yeah, uh, it'll be, well, I'm 59 now, so I get to 67, so eight years time. Yeah. Um, well, A, I don't talk much about it. Um, I've always been a little, always been a little drift, different. So I've always perhaps considered myself the idiot of the family. So it's a, so what's crazy Perry do next sort of thing. Um, so so now it's working. I'm not saying anything. Although I have said to my mother, I'm going to this yacht. You getting a yacht? What are you talking about? You getting a yacht? I said, well, I'm going to get a yacht. What? What? You're crazy? But you can't afford a yacht. I said, well, I can't now, but I've got a plan, and the plan's working. Yeah. And I'm going to get a yacht. And what are you going to do with the yacht? Well, I'm going to sail it. You can't sail. Just all these stuff, you think, well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wish I hadn't said anything. <laughs> yeah. so, but then, then I'll say something like, um, my, my sister will say, were well, you buying a house? Oh, yeah, I've got one. Uh, I did, uh, did it, did it um, complete? Oh, yeah, complete. I'm buying, I want the second one now. You're on your second one. Oh, well, that's great, isn't it? So you get from different sides of the family, you get some positivity and others. And you know what it is? It's not, it's not because my mother or your parents in general want to see you do badly or they just don't want you to get hurt they don't want you yes. to lose money yeah. and so they just say just just sit back just do what normal people do and just be happy with your lot and then everybody will be safe and happy and you know it's a little comfort blanket around you so, so it's not done out of malice it's just because they don't want to see you fail well i don't care if i fail never care if i fail yes yeah, one of the reasons i'm documenting all my stuff in here is because it, it, it gives me the discipline to keep on going because so many times in the past i've got Halfway to something, I would say, Oh, I'm bored with this. I've had pubs, I've owned pubs where we've built them up from £3,000 a week to £10,000 a day takings, and I've walked away from a successful business because I got bored. Uh, done it, and then just want to do something else. And so I'm hoping that 
if I record what I'm doing to the work to the world as a discipline of myself to keep on going. And this is working as well. It genuinely is working. So, and the other thing is, I've only got bloody nine years to go till I retire at 67. And if it doesn't work, I've got nothing. Yeah. So this is the last drink saloon for me. Yeah. And, it's, and it is working. And it's not glamorous, by the way. You know, I'm a cabbie. I'm not, I'm not a solicitor. I've got no skills. I've got no qualifications. Um, so it's, it's not glamorous. I work 60, 75 hours a week. I take two days off a year. It's the sort of thing that any and every man can do. You know, there's no skills. If I can do it, you can do it. It is working. I'm so happy. I wake up in the morning buzzing sometimes instead of being depressed, which I have been, not clinically depressed, but you know, you get down when you try lots of times mm-hmm. and you fail lots of times. It's, it's difficult to get down. And the older you get, it's, you know, you say, you know, the measure of man is not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. But as you get older, Shane, it gets harder to get back up. Mm-hmm. It genuinely does. And so I wake up in the morning buzzing now because what I'm doing is working. It's, um, I've recorded it so and, and people can't see it's working. They can't see it doesn't work because it is working. Oh, and it's not yeah. like I'm selling something here. I'm not selling courses or anything. It's, everything's on there free of charge. Um, you just go make some bloody money, guys. Yeah, I think... I think you wait. It's kind of like myself. Like I think you wake up every morning buzzing because you've got a set goal. You know what you want to do. You know the time frame, and because you know all this stuff, you just you're happy to kind of feel over and, and do it and show your progress. And because you know what where you are, like there's people that wake up miserable and depressed because they literally they don't know what they want to do in life. They don't know where they're going. They're spending all money their money on shit they don't need. They think it will make them happy, but it won't. But you're different. You've kind of they woke up one morning and go right. Oh well, I want I want this 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 this. Okay, how am I going to get that? And obviously you've you've done what everyone should do, done your your goal at the top. So obviously you're you're yachting to be financially independent. So you've broken that down and worked backwards, haven't you? It, it's you know it, it's exactly right. And isn't that what the isn't that what all the leadership books have told you in the past? All the leadership books I've read that say you need a goal, they need a plan, you need a goal, and I went. Don't need that. Yeah, just wing it. You know, here we go, guys. You know, <laughs> strap yourselves in, brace yourselves. We're all going for it, and uh, and it never worked. It never did work. And, and it, when I got to 57, 55, 57, 55, when I got a couple of pensions, it turned up, and I, I realised that in my entire life I'd saved up three and a half thousand pounds. For God's sake, that was a kick in the stones. And the 57 it took me two years. Well, after I'd spent the bloody money for that three and a half thousand, I spent. I forget, forgot what I spent it on. I don't know what it was. But that disappeared. No, and at 57, I had 10 years left. And I had to do something. And, but all that stuff that I'd read and I'd completely ignored was what transformed my life. I wanted, to, I needed a goal. First of all, you need a goal. So it's something that gets you up in the morning. It's not a number, although, although you can put a number on it. My goal, I sat one time and I said, right, what would I want, what, what would I want to make, not so much make me happy, that I would know that I have made it. Because when you say, well, I want to be wealthy. Well, what's wealthy if you've... Mm-hmm got nothing, not had a pot of piss in all your life, and somebody gives you 10,000 pounds, you'll feel wealthy. It's so, if a billionaire um, takes his billion off and give him a million pounds, he won't feel wealthy anymore because he's not a billionaire. So it's not a number, it's a feeling. So I thought, what would I have to feel, what would I have in order to make me feel wealthy? And, I, and it, for somebody who's been wanting to be wealthy for such a long time, it took me a while to work it out. And I came to the conclusion that if I was... On a yacht, a luxury yacht, a sailboat, sailing around the mid, and I had hundreds of thousands of pounds in the bank, yeah, I'd feel wealthy. That's what I'd feel. So yeah. I said, okay. And so I went, uh, well, how much does a yacht cost? Well, 
you don't want to buy them brand new because just like cars, they devalue massively. So you can get a beautiful 50 foot Beneteau, for instance, for between 80 and 100 grand. So I said, right, 80 and grand. Um, what about how much you're going to need in the bank? And it worked out by the time I got that, I was 67, that if I had 200 grand in the bank, that would be enough to live off it. Now, you live pretty frugally on a yacht because there's not a lot of space for clothes and mm-hmm. furniture and stuff so and food. So you live pretty much day to day in jeans, not jeans, shorts and a T-shirt. So it's, it's, a, it's a great life to live. So you don't need an awful lot of money. So I reckon, okay, 100 for the yacht, 200 grand in the bank, 300 grand, right? When we're going to do it? Well, I had a self-imposed date because I was retiring 10 years' time. So it was 67, 10 years. So, right, 300 grand. So there's your goal. So the yacht gets me up in the morning. The yacht gets me up at half past five every morning, seven days a week, because I know if I don't get up, it reduces the, the chance of me getting that yacht. So there, there's my goal. That's what gets me up buzzing in the morning. Now I need a plan. So how, what sort of plan are we going to have? Well, I was working behind a bar, started five o'clock in the evening to half midnight, did that five nights a week. So that was my full-time job. So I needed to, so they gave me the day off to do something else. And I looked at a few things that I could, that were flexible enough to allow me to work during the day and the night time. And I, I decided I'd, I'd be a driver, you know, deliver stuff and whatever during the daytime. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I decided to be a cabbie. So I did the, the knowledge test, such as it is, and um, got myself the, the police, the DBS checks, and then paid my license fee and all that stuff. So for a while, I, I was working from seven o'clock in the morning or four o'clock as a cabbie. And then I would go to the bar at five and work at half midnight. And I did that for about three months, which is quite uns- unsustainable. Unsustainable, insustainable, whichever word it is. <laughs> One of the um, And so I gave up the bar job because the hourly rate as a cabbie was more. So then I, but I still work about uh, two full-time jobs. I'm working 60 hours a week now, a little over 60, just because of COVID. It's so quiet out there. It's really sometimes not worth going in. Mm. But um, when COVID's over, as it will be, um, I work 75 hours a week as a cabbie. So there I have a goal, which was my 300,000. And it was it's not just a number, it was a yacht. And it was me lying on the yacht with the wife, sailing the Mediterranean as pirates, um, full of Roman victuals. And uh, so that's, that's, my, that's my goal. And then I had a plan to make it work. And that's what so many people miss. And that's what they, how they don't achieve anything. They go through life as I was, just thinking, you know, let's just see what life gives, throws up at you. You know, who can tell? You can't predict the future. But you can pretty much predict the future because what you do today will make the future, will create the future. And I get the stage now where I obsess about numbers, where I know if, I'm, if I start work at six o'clock in the morning, I know what I've got to have made by eight o'clock, whether I'm going to hit my target in the day. So I've got a daily target. I've got a, a, the first two hours target. And so, and, and, and obviously that all adds up to the weekly targets and the monthly target is 900 pounds, gets rammed in my savings account, along with the property I bought now. So what I did was, uh, sorry, let's go by it. So yeah. that was my plan. So my plan was 900 pounds savings. And I did that for two years. Somebody um, commented on one of my, when it's, when he put my, his, my interview of, um, his interview of me on his site that, uh, they don't believe me because I said I'd put regular updates on there of my financial, where we want, where we go every yeah. month. And I said, look, it's a bit boring because and it is boring to grind. I said, if I just put a video on, on in January and said, well, I've made 900 pounds this month. And the next month I said, well, I've got 1800 pounds now. And the next month I think I said, I've got, I said, it'd be pretty boring. So all I've, all I did was, is as I've, I've put my own philosophy into videos, but the updates I do when I hit a milestone, and it took me two years of working 75 hours a week, taking two days off a year, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. 
it's a grind, but after two years, I'd saved up 20,000 pounds thereabouts. And I bought my first property in September this year. That brings in 400 pounds with a net rent after, after the mortgage is off. So now I'm saving 900 pounds plus the four, 1,300. Um, um, my friend and I are refurbing a property using his money for that, which will refinance, get his money out. We'll have a second property there and that'll be income. In July, it'll take another year till, till July next year to save up enough money for a third property. Uh, and then that'll be 400 pounds. So that's 1300 plus 400, that's 1700 plus. I get my Navy pension at 12 years in the forces, which is only 300 pounds. So in July next year, I'll be saving 2000 pounds a month. And thereafter, I'll be buying a property every 10 months. And then as, it, as the income increases, the time span to buy properties narrows. And plus I'm doing the franchise. So that'd be more income coming in. So I reckon over that time, I will say I'll have bought it between now and I'm 67. Um, I'll have bought 20 properties. And those numbers look like, I don't think, I set my goal of that 300,000 pounds based upon my perspective of at the time working minimum wage behind a bar. Now I'm where I am now. I'm six months away from financial independence, um, but my perspective changed, and I think that goal would probably get will be three hundred thousand. I think it'd be closer to eight hundred thousand. And if by the time the mortgages are up, when I get to eighty, because that's the, the, the limit on the mortgages, mm-hmm. um, I think those the rents will have come in at about one point three million Insane. on top of the eight hundred thousand in equity. And you know that's Pretty that's good, eh? that's amazing. And if anybody can do it, and I'm I'm nothing special, Shane. You know, yep. you're talking me. I'm I'm just a, a cabbie from Gateshead. You know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm not like Mike Ashley or anything like that. I'm just doing normal stuff. I'm working hard. I'm not spending my money. I'm investing, I'm saving as much I can. I'm investing it so so my money's working as hard as I am. I'm taking my twenty thousand pounds. I'm buying a property. It's paying another four hundred pounds in. Hopefully, it grows in value as well. And I take that money and I have another year I buy another property. And, and that's how the rich become rich. It's by, they, they buy assets, they, they kick out money. And you shouldn't blame the rich either, you know. It's, it's not their fault once, because they keep getting richer. It's, it's difficult to see the numbers when you're at a smaller scale as, as I am right now. But if you look at somebody who's a billionaire, and if a billionaire gets 10% on his money, he's making 100 million on his money. So now he's a billionaire, he probably doesn't need 100 million because he's probably got everything he wants anyway. So he's just got 100 million comes into the bank. What does he do with it? Well, he doesn't leave the bank because it's a crap interest rate. It's losing, it's devaluing because yep. of inflation. He'll, he'll invest it again. So now he's, he's, he's getting a billion plus 100 million. He's investing that in the same place. And that's kicking out 110 million next year. And he can't help but get wealthier. It's just maths. It's not because he's evil. It's not because he's greedy. He can't help with the money. When you get the figures that big, they just keep multiplying. There's nothing you can yep. do. And he can give it away. You can do, you can do like... Um, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, you know, he's got 90, 90, 90 billion in his account and he's curing cholera across the world. And yeah. you can do that now. And that's, that's what you can do. But it's not their fault they're wealthy. They worked hard. It's their fault they became wealthy because they worked very hard for it. But they keep getting richer and richer and richer. And that's not their fault. That's just maths. Yeah, work hard until you don't have to work hard, I think. Um, that's kind of, you know, one of those. Yeah, train your, you're training your time yeah. now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing two full-time jobs now, the equivalent to two full-time jobs, so that I, I can have a great life in, in nine years' time. Yeah. It's a trade-off. I love it. And you know what? Like, you just mentioned Bill Gates there. I've read something today that Bill Gates lives off, off the interest of that interest of that interest. You know, because, <laughs> because he's that rich, he's living off His, the The original but, money he earned was gone a long time. Oh, I don't long know why that is now, but he's just living yeah. on interest. And, of the interest. He's gone yeah. out. Yeah, but you know what? No matter what he 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 was to do now, he he just 
like I think that old thing when I was younger, someone said to me, I thought probably about 10, like, like have you heard of Bill Gates? Like, no. And when I found out who he was, I was like, okay, if Bill Gates was to drop a suitcase of a million pounds and by the time he picked it up, he would have like d- tripled it or something. something yeah. stupid. Uh, I think, I I think the, the calculation was that Mind how blown. much wedge would there have to be on the pavement for, for to waste his time bending down to pick it up? It yeah. was a crazy amount of money. <laughs> Oh my god! I'd I'd love to know what he actually earns a minute in like, something like broken down. He, he just he, and I think he only owns about five percent of Microsoft now. He he's, um, he just lives yeah. off his money now. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't, uh, no flat do with the business anymore. But you know, instead of like this is what like I see it on Facebook all the time, and I try to not go on Facebook because of this reason. I see people like you know uh, digging into the rich, and Jeff Bezos comes out all the time. You know, and I, I did yeah. a post the other day, and I'm not thinking for all those people that are buying, uh, you know, Black Friday on Amazon, you're contributing to his wealth. So stop moaning, <laughs> up, stop moaning about him. Like yeah. you're you're making him richer by buying on, on Amazon. You know, these guys have worked hard. They've they've been smart. They've invested their money. They don't buy stupid clothes and expensive cut. They probably do that now if they want to, but they didn't. Yeah. Want- they were like in their early twenties. I mean, going back to something um, you said, which I, I've been telling people actually, and they don't believe me until I sh- show them your video. And it's um, you can become a millionaire if you work at McDonald's. Do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, it's um, it's it's sort of mass. I've got a, um, an app on my iPhone. It's a compound interest calculator, and um, compound interest is compound interest is, is phenomenal. It's how you get interest on your interest. You've touched on it before. Um, so if you're working at McDonald's and all you do is you save or invest in, a, in something like a Vanguard, a cheap index tracker, something like Vanguard, and you take two hours of your weekly wage from age 18 to age 67 as it is now, and you, you stay at McDonald's all your life, then you have a million pounds when you retire. That's, it's, it's just maths. You can get on any, in, any, any compound interest calculator. Now, there's some, there's some added bits in there is that if, if he's 18, he'll be on minimum wage. So I start on minimum wage to do the calculation. But as he grows up, he won't be on minimum wage. And as he grows up, he will get, you'd hope, promotions. And so his, his wage will increase as well. So when you do that calculation on, on a um, compound interest calculator, make sure you add something in there for inflation. He gets a rise every year. I think I added 3% for that. Yeah. But it's just maths. Uh, and there's no getting away from you can't deny it because it's it's just maths maths don't lie it doesn't care about your feelings or your prejudices if you put a number in and you increase it by so much a year then uh, you put an index tracker now what sort of um interest rate do you get on an index tracker well it depends upon the index you're investing but let's say it's the FTSE 100 the FTSE 100 has grown average since its inception in 18 whenever it was um from about by about 11 percent a year now let's assume that we work on an inflation rate of 3%, so you're getting a real-time um, return of 8%. So if you're doing that with your money over the time at 8%, uh, over a massive amount of time, so he's 18 till he's 67, um, what's that, 48 years, 49 years, um, the, the, compound, the compounding effect of, effect of compounding is massive. And whilst in the early days he's making next to nothing because he's only putting two hours of his, his sad little wage in there, by the time he gets to 67, he's probably adding £100,000 a year just, for, just at a, comp, just at a comp, uh, compound interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but play, play with the numbers. I'll play with them all the time on my phone. Just, ooh, look at that. If I add 3% here and I can get a better return here. Which is why I moved. I originally went, uh, I've got an index tracker. I put £100 a month yeah. into it. 
it was going to my no it wasn't my original plan was to get a, a pension because that's what normal people do you get a pension don't you and the, the good things about a pension is you get a 20 percent um return of your tax on it um so you get 20 percent interest day one but you can't set a pension up by yourself or they probably can now he's in a thank god sip yeah but in the day you couldn't so you, you I had to go to a pension advisor who charged me 900 quid to set it up when i say a pension advisor i prefer i can now call them licensed bandits and to, <laughs> to 900 quid to uh, to open up this pension in an underperforming fund so I think I was in there for about six, seven, nine months and I pulled the money out um, because it just wasn't making enough. And then I opened my, my Vanguard index tracker um, and I put money in there. I think it's, it's, it's grown in the last two years. I think it's 28% up, even with the, the COVID fall. Um, it's 28% up. It's a tiny charge is 0.2%. It's a fantastic thing. But I, I, drip, I drip 100 pounds a month in there because I don't have the time that the 18 year old at McDonald's has, I don't have that 40 odd years anymore. I've got 10 years and I, and I really need a better interest rate, even though it's growing at about 11% a year, I need something more, which is why I moved into property because I in property, I can get a 25% cash on cash return from property. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if it cost me 20,000 pounds to buy a property, that's, that's with the deposit, the stamp duty, the legals, the broker fees, little bit of a refurb you know painting that sort of thing comes to about twenty thousand pounds but if i'm getting a net uh four hundred pounds a month that's four thousand eight hundred so let's call it five thousand pounds i'm getting so i'm getting i'm putting 20 grand in i'm getting nearly five thousand pounds i'm getting nearly 25 percent return on my cash each year yeah and that's why i love property um so so that so that's why i moved from doing the index tracker although i'll have that as my emergency fund there's probably I think three and a half thousand pounds in there now. Say so I only add to it a hundred pounds a month, but the, the the best return that I get in, in the short term I have is is from property. And you invest in property, well, don't you? Uh, I will be. Yes, I've um I'm currently saving up with my business partner uh, to go into property and developments. Um, but I have my investments in my index trackers and my individual yeah. stocks at the moment. So I've been yeah. In fact, I put some in yesterday in the the life strategy. Uh, one on Vanguard. Oh, yeah. So I've got, yeah. I've invested in five. I think it's a live strategy, an ESG fund, the FTSE 100, the FTSE 250, and the S&P 500. And every month, I'm going to put 10% of my wage into each one and then keep rolling wow. over that. Um, I think that's that's my plan anyway. And just watch it grow. I'm already you getting... 10%, 10% what? split between or 10% each of them? Nah, so like this month, I'll put 10% in life strategy. What do you strategy. say you're going to put 10% into each? Into them, do you mean you, you're going to take 10% of your salary and split it amongst them, or you're going to put 10% in this one? Uh, 10% into so 10% of this like this month's wage into just Good the one, man. and then next month, how old are you, Shane? 28. You're 28. Good man, yeah, yeah, very so. wise for your age. Yeah, you it's, done that? it's just literally, literally this year since COVID. Um, I just suddenly woke, I was in New Zealand, stranded in New Zealand, because uh, I've been traveling for a while, but uh. COVID came, you know, I had a job in New Zealand and I was, when I thought oh, I'm coming home this year and I'm like, well, I've got a little bit of savings. Um, if COVID ever happens again, what security, what financial security have I've got? You know, luckily that I was in a job in New Zealand, but like what financial security have I got when I get home? So I thought, well, how do I get rich? And I looked at all these ways and I thought, well, get rich quick doesn't, doesn't work. That's sort of bollocks. So I thought, well, then I looked at property and it's like, and then from property, 
you know, people talk about stock shares and I was watching, reading wealth books, watching wealthy people, what that, you know, their interviews, what their views to what asset classes they've invested in. So like since getting home of, you know, I've invested in stocks and shares, um, I've invested in property, but not in terms of buying my own, I'm investing in property projects to see a return. I've bought gold as a, to act as a hedge. That's securely away, you know, um, so yeah, I'm just yeah. making all these financial smart decisions now, literally, uh, since, since April this year, I've been learned, I read my first wealth book in, in April this year. Before that, I couldn't even tell you what stocks and shares ISA is. Um, so th literally this year I've started my wealth journey and I hate that word, but you know what I mean? So yeah, that's my, that's my plan. It's important. You learn as you point, you keep learning. I, um, I don't watch television. I know, I know a lot of people say that I don't watch television. Um, I generally don't. Um, I, I watch YouTube a lot. So I'm subscribed to a lot of um, these um, wealth creation channels and I love watching them. So I'll probably spend two hours a night. Tonight's an exception because I'm talking to you, but normally about two hours a night, I'll, 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 I'll watch these things. A, to learn, and B, because it gives me inspiration from to do my own videos. You know, you can learn a lot from other people who are already ahead of you in the journey, if you wish. Um, so it, it, as you say, you continue to learn constantly. And if you don't learn, you're going backwards. You'll, you'll go backwards. Because Absolutely. the world is moving forward, and if you don't move forward at the speed of the world is, then you, you, you're getting left behind. Which sadly is what happens to a lot of old people, is they stop learning. Absolutely. My parents are the same, you know. Oh, I don't need it. I said I'll put internet in your house, so you can go ask a question. I said, just Google it. Oh, yeah, I'm going, oh, what's Google? Right, okay. Um, I'll put it into your internet in your house. I'll put a computer in, and you can do all that stuff. The Frank Sinatra movies, they're in just, it's all online. You can watch anything for free. Mm -hmm. Don't need a television. Everything's on there. But you know, I don't need to do that anymore. So they don't yeah. have phones and they don't have to. And, and what happens is they become irrelevant because the world moves past them and, and they're back there and they have no relevance to the world. And which is, what, which is why I guess when a lot of young people ignore old people because, they, because they're, they're so in the past, if you wish, the world's moved on. And so they can't talk about what's happening now. So it's important. Uh, the older I get, of course, and the, the closer I get to my parents' age, is, um, is that I com continue to learn constantly. So I watch and read. Um, or I've got two books on my in my cabinet and my cabinet. One is uh, Warren Buffett's three favorite books. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the Intelligent Investor is one of them, but there's a yes. couple of other ones in there. Which are yep. Um, yep. And, and what's and the other one is um, is a franchise book. How to pick a good franchise. Oh, brilliant. So in yeah. my downtime when I'm watching, if I'm not on my phone watching stuff, then I'm, I'm reading and mm. writing stuff in the margin, question marks and check this out. And somebody will say something on YouTube and then I'll make a note on my phone and say, I'll do a video on this because this is a good subject. But it's researching and learning constantly and never stop learning. Yeah, love that. And uh, at the fact... Um, the fact that, you know, your age as well, like uh, I told my dad about you and um, yeah, I showed him the video of you might win it. And he was like, he was like, well, that, that's amazing that like someone at your age is doing it now. You know, it's not too late. Not too late. Because it was stupid. That's why it was stupid. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 no, don't take any praise for doing it now. Think <laughs> of the 40, 50 years beforehand when I was a creep knobhead and didn't do any of it. And that's. Yeah. Well, you know what? Doing it now. And I think, to be honest, we'll, um, yeah, I think you're going to do well, and I'd like to definitely get you on in probably a year, year's time or two years' time. Yeah, we'll do a catch-up. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about the franchise, and hopefully it's making money. Yeah, 100%, and uh, hopefully when this COVID's over, we'll have to actually meet up in person too. It'll be great. Definitely. Um, but I've got three, really question, three questions before we, we wrap it up, and these are just random ones that I'm going to be uh, throwing out to all my guests. 
So question one, what's your favourite movie? Oh, you could have given me some you could have given me some warning, go on. Yeah, what's your favourite movie? Uh, Matrix. Matrix. Love it. Okay, cool. Didn't have to think about it. Yeah, it was a, gra- a groundbreaking movie. It's been it's been not ripped off, but um hats tipped to it in things like a Shrek and thing and the, the, the core bits of the Matrix yeah. in it as yeah. a nod towards it. It's a fantastic movie and, and, and measure measure all these new movies and CGI from Matrix. Was it as good as the stuff in the Matrix? Because all that CGI stuff in the Matrix was, was phenomenal and nothing had been done in that scale before. And then the story's great as well. Um, so yeah, definitely Matrix. 100%. Um, just a quick one on the Matrix. Matrix 4 is coming out. Did you know? Did you know that? No, I didn't. And Keanu Reeves, he's been filming it in San Francisco with uh, the one who played uh, Trinity. Right. Google it afterwards. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I will do, yeah. I don't know about you, mate. By, by one of the Wachowski brothers. Um, All right, because the two of them made the... Was it... Made two, yeah. Them? I don't yeah. know. Uh, but one of them's doing it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's official. They've been filming it for the past year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I look forward um, to that then. Yeah. All right, cool. So, second question is favourite destination? New York. New York. I've been in New York three times. I've been with New York to New York first with a friend of mine who took me. He used to work for American Express, so I went as a guest of American Express. Um, the second time I went with my father. Bless him, we lost him in, um, in July. Um, and that was for his 65th. Uh, I took my wife about three years ago. And it's, 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 it's one of those places. Have you ever been, Shane? Once, yes. Loved it. it but I, 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 after about four days, I think, yeah, I've pretty much seen everything I want to see here. But after the, when I left, the day after I left, I missed it straight away. And it's not disappointing. It's one of those, when somebody bigs a place, somebody think, well, I'll take a look at it. And, and you go and think, well, it wasn't all that. I've never heard anybody say, unless you're going to disappoint me. Anybody say that, yeah, New York, no, man. It's like walking around a movie set. It's a magical place. You know what? It's a really nice took, place to be. took the words out of my mouth. I say it to everyone. You want to walk around a movie set, go to New York. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. It's brilliant. Absolutely lovely place. Magical. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I need to get myself back there soon. Uh, but anyway, uh, third, last and final question. Name something. This will be an easy one for you. Name something that grinds your gears. <laughs> With one of your um, some people, uh, what is it? You do that series where it says um, things stupid people say. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so, there's so much. Stitches. That was so yeah, I want to see, um, it's, yeah, here's a one. Oh, it's, it's hard to be wealthy. It's hard to be wealthy. It's not hard to be wealthy. You know, have, have, you, seen, have you seen that queue of immigrants at Calais? They're not coming here for a challenge, you know. You know they don't, look, look, we're sick of living in Syria. It's dead easy in Syria. We'll go to England because we're like a challenge because it's hard to get wealthy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to get wealthier. If you're in Syria or in Afghanistan, then you've got an excuse to say, yes, it's hard to get wealthy. Yep. But here, it's easy to get wealthy. All you've got to do is a goal, a plan, and work your stones off to obsess about the plan and you become wealthy. Fantastic. What a way to end the show, indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, cool. Well, we'll just wrap it up then. Uh, if you could just tell people how to get in touch with you then, like your channels, your outlets, and if people... Can... Yeah, thank you very much. Well, the, everything's called stupid is the norm because when it comes to finances, most people are stupid, including myself, until I, I change my ways. Um, all of my stuff's on, on YouTube. So it's, it's stupid is the norm. Type it into YouTube, it'll come up. Or if you want to visit the website, we've got some nice free ebooks which I've written and some um, spreadsheets, which is all free of charge. We don't sell anything from the website. And that's stupidisthenorm.co.uk. Perfect. And you've got Instagram as well, haven't you? Twitter. Instagram, Facebook page. It's all under stupid is the norm. Yeah, it's, it's great. With, 
um, we'd like, we're not extremely popular because our message is hard, you know. When people watch us and we say, well, you got to work 75 hours a week, you don't have to work 75 hours a week. It's just because I thought I am, because I left it too late. If, you, if you're younger than me, a lot younger than me, you don't have to work 75 hours a week. For now, I can't talk for that. But it's been really great. I do appreciate your time. No, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show. So, yeah, we'll just wrap it up there. Uh, cool. All right, so that's been the, the All Right Talk Show. Thanks, everyone, for joining. And thank you, more importantly, to Perry, uh, my guest. And uh, we'll speak soon. Ciao.